You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour two of Sportsnet Today rolls on from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. Can you sit for a Flames game day? Flames and Coyotes from the Scotiabank Saddledome tonight. First of six straight at home for the Flames. Dan Vladar versus Connor Ingram. Your goaltending matchup. Jacob Markstrom day-to-day with a lower body injury. So Dustin Wolf has been recalled from the Calgary Wranglers. We'll dive more into the Calgary Flames as the afternoon goes on. Warm up with Steinberg at 6. Puck drop at 7 with Derek and Megan. Hour 1, of course, uh, getting you set with the latest Flames game day audio. And a check-in with uh, UFC fighter Brad Katona ahead of his fight on Saturday at UFC 297. If you missed any of it, check us out on the podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. But we're kicking off Hour 2 with the Calgary Stampeders guest. Very happy to welcome in linebacker for the Calgary Stampeders, fresh off of inking a contract extension with the Red and White uh, Cam Judge joins us this afternoon. Cam, thanks for the time, man. Congratulations on the contract extension with Calgary. Uh, thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, appreciate the time, man. I know it's uh, always a, an interesting process ahead of CFL free agency, but uh, give us a little bit of insight. Uh, after two years with Calgary, you decide to, to re-up with the red and white. How did the process go for you guys? Uh, you know, it, it, the process went pretty smoothly. You know, uh, they hit me up, uh, told me they were looking to try to get me extended. And, you know, that was kind of music to my ears after the two years I've been there. You know, I've had a really good experience. So I was excited to get that done. Uh, talk to me about those two years in Calgary. You started off your CFL career with Saskatchewan, uh, played 10 games with the Toronto Argonauts, and now back-to-back years uh, as really the anchor of that Stampeders defense. What's your time been like in Calgary? How much have you enjoyed being a part of this organization? Oh, man, I've loved it. Uh, since the moment I stepped uh, stepped in there, uh, it's been nothing but positive uh, experience for me. And, uh, you know, I appreciate uh, all the coaches over there and how they operate business and get things done. So it's a pretty good fit for me, I'd say. Uh, talk to me about uh, last year with the Calgary Stampeders. You and Micah Alway formed uh, this really dynamic linebacking duo for the Calgary Stampeders in the heart of their defense. What was it like? Uh, for you guys last season, and what was it like playing with Mike on a, a game-to-game basis? Oh, man, it was fun. You know, you know, you know every time he suits up, he's going to bring the energy, you know, so it's, <laughs> it's a fun guy to line up with for sure. Uh, and, and I guess from a personal standpoint, I mean, for, you know, I know the season probably wasn't what you guys hoped it would be, but from a personal standpoint, you have one of your best years. Statistically, what made it work between you and Micah and what uh, what did you guys look at as as a reason for maybe your personal success? Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd look to our communication probably, uh, you know, through the week and as well as on the field during the game. You know, we are always talking and, you know, making sure we're always on the same page so we could take the thinking aspect out of our game and, you know, just try and make plays. Uh, Cam, I, I look at your game and I, I can't help but think you're kind of a, a do-it-all linebacker for this Calgary Stampeders team and a guy that, you know, can play in the middle of the defense, be a tackling guy. You can rush the passer. You got a couple of interceptions last year. Is that kind of how you view yourself as well in that position that you can kind of do whatever the the scheme of the defensive coordinator asks you to do? Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, I think that's one of the strengths of my game is you know I I, I can be lined up anywhere and do, doing all kinds of different things. You know, so it's it's not too easy to get a read on you know what I'm trying to do out there. 
Uh, personally, I guess is it from a team perspective, obviously uh, a tough way for the season to, to end last year, but you obviously see some points that uh, keep you encouraged to stick around in the red and white. What uh, gives you guys that kind of confidence about coming back into this season and, and getting ready to maybe bounce back to some more winning here in Calgary? Uh, you know, it, 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 well, sorry, like you said, it was definitely a tough season, you know, but, uh, you know, watching the film after each and every game, you know, it's a couple plays here, you know, a couple of the assignments that we missed, you know, it was little things that we, that honestly, as players, we should have been cleaning up as we went on, which I felt we did when we needed to, except for the playoff game, but to get into the playoffs. So, you know, I feel like it's not too much that we need to fix, you know, just more being more uh, execution and focus probably would be the main thing. So those are definitely fixable things, and I, I have full faith we'll get it done. Cam, what's the relationship like with uh, with Dave Dickinson and Brent Monson as your your defensive coordinator? How do you feel uh, you get along with those two guys in the organization? Oh, yeah, I, I get along with them great. You know, yeah, Monson, that's my guy. You know, he's, uh, <laughs> he's always willing to listen, listen to what I got to say. You know, if I got some input. But, you know, at the same time, I trust in what he's calling, what he's doing. So it's not even too much, I have to say. But just the fact that he's willing to listen if it ever comes up, that's a, that's a, a part of him I really enjoy. Uh, what's the offseason been like for you, man? I know it's obviously been longer than you guys hoped it would be, but what's kind of been the focus for you as you get some time off and get ready for another season in the CFL? Uh, you know, just... First plan of attack was, you know, get get my body healthy, you know, take a take a little little rest. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, I've been back in the gym now a couple weeks, so just trying to get as strong as possible, the best condition, best shape of uh, that I can get in for the season. Do you watch playoff after you guys get eliminated? Are you focused in on what's happening? Or are you one of those guys that kind of just has to shut it off and and focus on your own business? Uh, you know, normally that would be me, but uh, I, this year I did watch some of the games. Yeah, I, yeah. I watched the games after we lost. Yeah, was, you know, I was interested to see how it played out. But, nor, yeah, normally I, if we lose, I usually pack it up. But, yeah, this year was pretty interesting, so I had to stay tuned in. Is it one of those things that kind of motivates you to, to get ready for another season, checking in and, and seeing how the CFL season ended and thinking, you know, hey, if we, we cleaned up a couple of things, that could have been us? A hundred percent, you know, especially as a defensive player watching the run Montreal had. Yeah. You know, it was the guys all over that defense are making huge plays, you know, and that's definitely a position I want to be in, making plays and, you know, semifinals, great cups, et cetera. So, you know, yeah, it was definitely motivating to watch and inspired me to get back out there. Uh, you know what? We talked about the record not being where you guys wanted to, but you managed to keep the playoff streak intact in Calgary what did that mean for you guys to have a strong finish to the season in the regular season at least Cam and you know kind of you know prove some doubters wrong and kind of fix some things up again I know 6-12 and 12 is not where you guys want to be but that last season push to get into the playoffs had to give you guys uh, a good feeling heading in, into the postseason yeah I definitely agree with that you know like like I said a lot of our games we were losing you know end of the game one possession game stuff like that so at the end of the year, I feel we were able to come out on the right side of those games, which was definitely a positive going forward. You know, guys get the experience of what it takes to win those kind of games. So I think it will help us in the long run. Anything uh, that tempted you to look at free agency? I know you've been around. We talked a little bit about time in, in Sask, in Toronto. Or did it just make too much sense to, to come back to Calgary and continue what you built the last two seasons? Yeah, it just, it just made too much sense. I, I, I didn't really have any thoughts about anywhere else. Yeah.
I'll appreciate that. Uh, what are you? Uh, what's looking forward to you the next couple of weeks? I know we'll start to talk uh, as the spring comes around about you guys getting back to town. But what's the next couple of weeks look for? Uh, look like for you, Cam? Uh, next couple of weeks, you know, I'm just be training and uh, trying to get the last details of my wedding sorted out with my fiance. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that's that's the next couple of weeks for me. <laughs> so you got a busy schedule, then you got much time to think about uh, anything else. Then, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, Cam, have you had anything to uh, to give to Stampeders fans as the off season sort of rolls on here and we get into the next season? What would your message be uh, to them as you re up with the red and white for a couple more seasons? Uh, my message to them would just be, you know, keep keep the excitement that you've had the last couple of years. I know last year was kind of tough and. Uh, but still, even with that, I appreciate all the support we had at our home games and all that. But uh, I just say get excited for this year because I think we're going to right the ship and get things back on the Stampeder path. Cam, really appreciate the time. Again, congratulations on the extension. Great to see you back in the red and white for a couple of seasons. Have a great wedding. Uh, and can't wait to see you back here in Calgary in a few months' time, man. All right. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks no, for having me on. Thank you. Cam Judge joining us. Calgary Stampeder's linebacker re-upping with the red and white for a couple more seasons that was announced by the team on Monday and can't say enough about that dynamic duo of, of Cam Judge and Micah Alway. And he talked about the communication for both of them. That's a major, major re-signing for the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, appreciate you, Jean, from the uh, stamp setting us up with that interview with Cam. But, I mean, look at the, the season numbers for Cam Judge. 17 starts at weak side linebacker, career-high 90 tackles. Led the team with five interceptions. He had a pick six in week 19 over the Riders. Six more tackles, forced fumble, fumble recovery, and an interception win in BC the next week, helping them clinch a playoff spot. That's the second most um, uh, interceptions in the CFL with five, 106 defensive plays, a special teams tackle, two sacks, two forced fumbles. I really can't say enough about what Cam Judge was. And there was inconsistencies on that Calgary Stampeders team. I'm not going to you know, try to uh, tell anybody there wasn't after a 6-12 and season, but there definitely were things to clean up if you're the Stampeders. But it wasn't for a lack of try. It wasn't for a lack of effort from a guy like Cam Judge on a day-to-day basis. And to get him at 29 years old back on that Stampeders defense for the next couple of seasons – uh, is huge as the you know the movement in in CFL free agency is set to begin uh, very soon. Here you always wonder about guys uh, and major pieces of your defense. The Stamps lost Jameer Thurman last off season to the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and everyone was wondering, okay, how do you replace that kind of production? Michael Alway was the guy that came in and uh, absolutely filled in that spot, but in a large part it was because Cam Judge came in and helped form that duo, which I think was probably the most consistent aspect of the Stampeders last season. I want to say the the Judge-Alway pairing was the one that on most nights for the Calgary Stampeders, you knew uh, they were going to have an impact in the game. And um, I like that message that they're going to get back to the Stampeder way next season. You know, Dave Dickinson and company weren't happy with how last season ended. Yes, they got to the playoffs. Didn't work out how they hoped it would. But uh, now a focus back on getting back into this and getting back to uh, the winning ways that this uh, organization's been with really for the longest time under John Huffnagel and uh, Dave Dickinson. Speaking of Dave Dickinson, the uh, head coach and GM of the team 
uh, joined Russick and Rose on the big show a little earlier on on this Tuesday. Uh, lots to get to. Reggie Begleton's been re-signed. Cam Judge has been re-signed. But still lots of work to do as they reshape the roster and get ready uh, for another CFL season beginning in a couple weeks' time uh, once players start to get back into Calgary and start getting ready for spring training camp. Uh, let's check in with some of that conversation. Dave Dickinson uh, with the big show earlier on this Tuesday. I'm good, guys. A uh, little bit warmer, which is nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, things are looking up. It is. Who would have thought? Who would have thought minus nine feels balmy? But it absolutely does this morning in uh, downtown Calgary. Um, wanted to give you uh, the opportunity to choose. We have you on to talk some NFL playoffs, but also the Stamps have made some news lately. Do you want to go Stamps first and then NFL playoffs, or vice versa? Uh, well, it's your show, man. You take charge. Okay, I all like right. talking football, so you 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 want to ask the question? I'll give you the answer. Okay, all right. Well, let's start with this. Uh, got business done yesterday with Cam Judge, uh, key part of your Stampeders defense. You also got Mike Rose signed just before the holidays. Just tell us how this defense is starting to come together for you. Well, I mean, these are our guys that uh, you know. I'm, some of our best guys, and we got we got James Vodders done as well earlier yep. in the year, and we still got work to do. I mean, there's lots of guys I still want back, but um, you know, for Cam, he was already signed. We just feel like he's really as good as any Canadian in our league. We wanted to grab another year, and uh, in order to do that, yeah, we had to do a few other things. But uh, that was showed me that Cam wanted to be here, showed me that he's locked into Calgary, and uh, we think that's a good thing. You did something similar with Reggie Bagleton as well, a contract extension. Does some of this have to do with maybe giving yourself a little bit more flexibility on the salary cap, or is this as simple as we just wanted to get them done for another year? Uh, mostly a combination of the latter. I mean, we do. We want to get them here. You know what What I find is sometimes it's harder to go into a season with so many free agents. And, you know, if you get these vets, a lot of times they're kind of, uh, happy where they're at because they they're treated well. They're they know they're a big part of your system and your offense, your defense, your special teams. Renee would be another one of those. Um, and you just kind of look at each other and say, let's get another year. Let's grab what's a fair contract and and let's uh, you know hopefully these guys will finish their career with the Stampeders. Also, uh, wanted to ask you about Jake Mayer. There was a report from Three Down Nation that there was a restructuring of the contract to kind of give you guys some uh, salary flexibility. I was just wondering if you're able to comment on that and, and what's kind of happening with the quarterback and how his offseason's been going if you've been in much communication. Uh, definitely. I'm still working on a quarterback coach. Um, now, Jake's was definitely, uh, uh, he did a good thing for the team and uh, we tried to treat him right as well. But, uh, you know, he had a quite a bit of money come and do and, and we thought, you know what, if we could restructure that into a signing bonus, we would get some capital leads, which will allow us to hopefully bring in the best players, make us the best team possible. You know, he had a good leader in that or a guy that showed the way, which was Bo. Bo had always done that and uh, and Jake again uh, saw that as an opportunity for us to potentially maybe sign other players that could help us. Uh, he didn't give me any parameters on it. He just said, yes, I'll, let's do it. Let's try to be better. So Good signs. Now, we do have to be better uh, in, in many areas, so uh, that's where this next month of free agency is going to be so important. You mentioned you're still looking for some of your coaches. How is that search coming along? Is there going to be perhaps an announcement on your staff coming anytime soon here? 
Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm working on it. I went down to this called the AFCA. It's the American Football Coaches Association. It's a convention in Nashville, and we did work in Nashville. Sometimes that is difficult because it was a pretty fun city. I'd never been there, um, you know, so uh, I met a lot of good young coaches. I also had uh, opened up my job kind of on a called Football Scoop, and, you know, I've got 90-some applicants just on that, plus wow. people I know. Uh, I'm not going to get to talk to that many of them, but at least I got an idea who's out there and uh, starting interview process with other guys, bringing Pat Del Monaco in to, to be part of that as well. So it's a process, and we'll we'll get through it, hopefully get the best guy. Uh, I just wanted to ask you about the schedule as well. It's changing up a little bit. It's going to be an interlocking schedule. You're going to see all the other teams come to McMahon Stadium, and that includes the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and we presume Bo Levi Mitchell in week one. I know you didn't get to face Bo last year. Um, what's it going to mean for him to return to the to McMahon Stadium and to do it in week one as well? Well, that's probably more on Bo on that. I mean, I know he did want to get back last year, but you know what? Be careful what you wish for. Uh, we're going to be going. We're going to be firing. We want to we want to come out fast, and uh, we know this year is a pivotal year for all of us to you know, to get back to what we feel like playing winning football. And uh, it's not going to be easy. I know that. I know that. But it's only January. I know I'm excited. And I think our guys, you know, are looking forward to, you know, a new challenge, but also just, just kind of get back on that field and, and see where we can take it. There you go. That's Calgary Stan Peters head coach and GM Dave Dickinson. He checked in with the morning show earlier on this Tuesday. You can find that whole conversation wherever you get your podcast. Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. Appreciate Cam Judge and Dave Dickinson jumping on the program with us today. We will take a break, come back on the other side. We have an anniversary of one of the most electric goals in NHL history. It happened 16 years ago today. Where does it rank amongst the best goals all time? Plus, we'll continue getting you set for the Flames and the Arizona Coyotes. It is a game day here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's the Flames and the Coyotes Tuesday night at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. First of six at the Dome for the Flames. You can settle into this schedule Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Next week, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. We love a little consistency in the schedule. Coyotes Tuesday, Maple Leafs Thursday. Little Battle of Alberta on Saturday. Blues next Tuesday. Johnny Gaudreau and Eric Goodbranson return game? Uh-oh. Oh, baby, next Thursday. And maybe, maybe, maybe Connor Bedard on the 27th. He's skating. He's skating. That's good news. I sold this on Monday. You weren't here, Shannon. You don't work Mondays because you're lazy. Yep. Um... He's skating. I mean, he's, it's there's his a jaw. chance. Everyone is freaking out. Like, guys, it's his jaw. It's not his spine. Exactly. You can wear a, a bubble shield or whatever, right? Yeah. You can wear a full cage. I, I remember what he did last time he was at the dome against the Hitman. Pretty good. That was a disgusting goal. Pretty good. And an all-star break. And back out on the road for an East Coast road trip. Busy time for the Calgary Flames. Of course, we're focused in on tonight's matchup with the Coyotes. 
Flames 8-0-1 in their last nine meetings with Arizona. It's Dan Vladar in net tonight. Jacob Markstrom, day-to-day of the lower body injury. Dustin Wolf recalled from the Wranglers. But he's backing up tonight. Six o'clock. Steinberg. Flames warm up. Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. What? Don't worry about it. Wills and Mickelson on your radios for Flames Hockey right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan you want to watch tonight, Sportsnet 1 has you covered. Sportsnet West will be occupied with the Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers who have won 10 straight. Uh, Shan, it's a very special anniversary. Shan, one of my outstanding producers, by the way, here on Sportsnet uh, 960. Thanks. I'm just saying it for the people. Okay. I knew. Figured. Uh, it's an anniversary of a very special goal in the NHL, and I'm going to play it for you. It, it doesn't have the same effect over the radio as it does watching it in person, but 16 years ago today, we got what some consider the greatest goal in NHL history. From Alex Ovechkin. I take you back to Arizona. I don't even know where they were playing at this time. They were the Phoenix Coyotes. Uh, But Alex Ovechkin's spectacular goal 16 years ago today. Keeps it hot on the outside. And Brendan Whitspin everywhere for Washington to play clear. Ovechkin storming in. Alexander Ovechkin curl and drag to the back end. He scores! Simply sensational! I thought he did it all the other night. Well, this is a carryover. This may be his prettiest goal of the season. Goal number 32. Even Wayne Gretzky, the great one, is going to see how this one went in. A spectacular display of stick handling. First of all, it's a great call. And it was simply spectacular. That is the Alex Ovechkin goal, Shan, where he... Toe drags in front of the defender, fights him off, falls onto his back while deking out the goaltender, and somehow puts stick on puck to put it past the Coyotes' netminder. Some people, I remember as a kid, I mean as a kid, as a younger person, thinking that was the greatest goal I'd ever seen in my life. Now, there is an aspect of luck to it. Sure. Because I, I do think that I'm not 100% sure he knew where the puck was as he was falling. But it's still an incredible goal. I don't know if it's the greatest goal of all time, but it's one of them. What else? What other goals come to mind when you think of the greatest goals in NHL history? That's well, Because that's I, one of them. That's, that's up there, and I, I think if you argue to me that that is the greatest, I'm not going to really have much to say about it. And fitting enough, he is the greatest goal scorer really that we've seen and to do it in front of Wayne Gretzky and apparently Austin Matthews is also in the crowd. It's a little relevant, but you know, three of the better goal scorers that this game has ever seen. It's uh, just to do it in that setting is, is pretty cool. I think back to some of the greatest goals. I think back to, if you can count this Datsuk's shootout flip, that was disgusting. Rick Nash had one of the nice, nicest goals I've ever seen. Bobby Ryan also, um, that guy had a few highlight real goals. 
The Merrick Malik goal is stupid. That one is awesome, though. And the jerseys, too, the setting, his celebration, everything about that one was perfect. I think Lemieux's classic deke against the North Stars is probably up there. Yeah. That's that's one to think of. I mean, I always think of the Forsberg as a great goal. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people have pulled it off, but I, I still think that that's one of the like the greatest goals of all time. Where do we one put of the great moves of all time? Right? Yeah. Where do we put Matthew Kachuk's OT winner against Nashville? Because that one, I've never the seen through, anybody do the that through the legs on Halloween night. Is that the one you're talking about? Yep. No one's done it before that. No one's done it since. And that's that's one of the nicest goals I, I've I've ever seen far and away. I I think back to uh, this is a, a a flames pull, but. Michael Backlund against the the Washington Capitals where he flipped the puck over everyone and then finished with the Forsberg was nice. Really nice. I guess a lot of it depends on your definition of what the greatest goal of all time is, right? Is it pure skill? Mm -hmm. Is it fighting off defenders? Is it just the uniqueness of it? Because as you're right, you know, this Matthew Kachuk goal in Nashville a couple years ago was insane. Puck controlled by Kachuk. The break out of the long pass to Lindholm. Brody going to the goal. Lindholm to the middle of the shot. Block Kachuk. Scores! Matthew Kachuk. What a goal! Less than a second left in overtime. Kachuk with a beauty. And the Flames complete the comeback and win 6-5 to five in Nashville. A great Rick Ball on the call on Sportsnet. Lindholm shot off a Nashville defender, and it's right about the face-off dots, right in between the face-off dots that Kachuk pulls out the patented between-the-legs goal. Like you mentioned, he's done that before. Like, he's done it in front of the net. Yeah, about a thousand times. But not, times. like, that far out. No one has. Who shoots through the legs from that? I mean, but to be fair, that's the only way he would have scored that. It's the only way he would have got a shot, got a shot off in, in time. Because as as we heard, Rick Bolt, which that, that's a great call. There's one second left. That, that that one is up there in the greatest goals of all time, but you have to take significance into it. I just think the Ovechkin one is so special because that guy, the the young Russian kid that had the yellow laces. And Dude, he's got the, the tinted visor. He's got the tinted visor. <laughs> yeah. It's the white Screaming Eagle yeah. Capitals jersey, which I still think I'm still mad I didn't buy the reverse retro uh, that the Capitals did with that oh, Screaming yeah. Eagle this year or last year because it was stupid nice. But yeah, you were, and it was so funny because in that call they mentioned even Gretzky would admit that's a great. And you're like, now he's now he's chasing down Wayne. Um, some of the text line uh, answers have come in at nine six zero nine six zero. We're looking back on the 16th anniversary of Alex Ovechkin's behind the back goal against the Phoenix Coyotes, and going through some of our favorites. Uh, this one says Eberly opening night against the Flames. It's just a troll one. I don't remember that one specifically. What Maybe happened? it is. I can't remember. Me neither. Uh, of course, Bobby Orr uh, against the Blues in the yeah. final, flying through the air. That That's might be in terms one. of significance. That might be the greatest goal of all time. It's one of the greatest moments of all time. Like it's yeah. given us one of the greatest images of hockey history. Probably the probably the greatest. Uh, this one, I've got two Stevie Y ones here. I don't know if they're the same one. This one says, Iserman seeing eye shot to the top corner from just outside the blue line. Best camera angle on a goal. And this one just came in. It's Stevie Y against St. Louis. 
top shelf slap shot from the blue line. I think that is the same one we're talking about. That's one of one of the best calls I've ever heard. See if I can't find that one. That was, I mean, that's partly on the goalie too, but that is a perfectly placed shot. I, I just, I think that the, the we'll hear the call in a little bit, but I, I unfortunately was not around for that. So some of these goals that are coming in the text line, I, I was not alive for, or or <laughs> even a functioning human. Like I was still getting carried around everywhere, so I can't comment too much on those. No, goals, the but. Eisman one here is a du- oh, that's right, it was a double OT. Yeah goal as well so the Iserman one hits for our category of significance right oh absolutely like this is a double overtime goal this was 16 years ago as well so not uh not far away we had a couple of great goals in the same season this is the Steve Iserman goal uh, a couple of you have mentioned on the text line What an incredible start for John Casey. Every period he has had to make fabulous saves right off the bat. And here we are in second overtime, no exception. Wayne Gretzky kind of lost Steve Eiserman for a moment, and then Murray Barron got faked to one knee. The play was perfect. bad foreshadowing was by the commentators. John Casey was there. <laughs> if anything, Sergei Fedorov might have oh, been John Casey's been phenomenal. The They're just not going to be able to find a way to beat him here, Shan. Just went down to take away Surely. I don't see how Eisenman or anyone could beat him in this game. That's a stupid shot. And to steal it from Gretzky, too. Oh, just listen to it again. It's so good. Off of Gretzky's stick in those ugly blues jerseys. Beautiful. What's this horn? That's the old... Joe Lewis must have been. They have a clown there just with his clown horn. This is somebody with an air horn, maybe. I think you could probably get those in back 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, true. Can't get anything in anymore. No. That's a good, that's a really good yeah. submission. And I, that's one that probably should be there. Yeah, absolutely. I I, to, I stand by it. That is one of the best calls in NHL history, period. To go from, it's, it's second overtime, you're as quiet as can be. And then screaming. That that reminds me of playing like NHL 2005. <laughs> uh, this one says, what about the, Gret- uh, the Gretzky OT slap shot over Vernon's shoulder in the uh, playoffs in the Dome? There are a couple of those. That's a good one. The golden goal. Like the golden goal is great. Yeah. Like the golden goal is up there as far as phenomenal goals. Now we can't, can't play with audio because of... IIHF rules, but what? If I had the Mar Carl, I could do it. I don't have it ready, but there's the Bure one too. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. What about uh, um, Paul Korea when he goes past Ray Bork? 
The Paul Carrillo one is pretty good, too. Yager scores yeah. in the 92 finals when he was with Pittsburgh. against. I think that was against Chicago. That's got to be one of the greats of all time. Is that the coolest the players ever looked doing anything ever? Yager looks cool doing anything. Yeah. Yager still looks cool. Yager could be 68 playing hockey. He's going and to be still cool. look awesome. Yeah. yeah, someone texted him about the Rick Nash one. That, the Rick Nash one was out of nowhere, too. It's just no one was with him. It's 1v3 pretty much, and he puts it through everyone's legs, finish. I mean, it's too bad he's on Columbus, but uh, that one that it's, one is up there. It's good for Columbus. Like, yeah. <laughs> They'll take anything. Um, yeah, so, look, as we said, and look, this is one that's, uh, do you consider the Michigan? I was about to ask you. Where, where like does that the rank? greatest goal of all time? Sveshnikov did it first, did he not, against uh, yeah, Dave against Riddick? Riddick, yeah. yeah. That one, I, mean, I don't know if it's the greatest of all time. I think it's skilled. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying it's, it doesn't take skill to do it, but I don't know that it, like, again, is it as good as that goal that, like, Lemieux skating through North Star's defenders? Like, I don't know that no. it's that good. It's not. It, because so many people have done it since Feshnikov has, and it's like, oh, well, this is effective. We'll do it. It, it, it obviously takes a lot of skill. I'm not saying it's easy, but we saw two in one day, like a week ago. It was Bedard and, and Zegers. And Zegers was disgusting, but it, it's 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 a nice goal. It's just it's not on par with you know dancing three people and and finishing top shelf. It's not. Uh, we'll end it off this way as we're talking about great goals. Since the golden goal has been uh, brought up so many times, we have uh, searched down the the great Peter Mars call of the golden goal. So that's how we'll uh, we'll put a cap on t- today's show. He gets to the net. He's knocked off stride. Puck slides to the goal mouth, however. Now Crosby has a lovely board. Gets the left corner to Aginla. Aginla front cut. talking about Sidney Crosby didn't have a point in the last two games and people talked about who could write a better script well who could write a better script Sidney Crosby of all people he hasn't done much in this game either and he gets the game winner and Team Canada all swarming around him in the corner the great Peter Marr doesn't get much better than that no I'll throw in one more consideration because I've, I've found this one and I like it quite a bit. It's one of my favorite skilled ones. Uh, the Kucherov no shot. Oh, that's that's like that's <laughs> embarrassing is what that is. That's a filthy way to score a goal. Um, but uh, yeah, on the 16th anniversary of Ovechkin's uh, behind the back goal scored against the Arizona Coyotes, we thought uh, we'd have some fun talking about uh, some of our favorite goals of all time. And clearly you on the text line. Uh, 960-960, have your own candidates, and uh, we appreciate you guys uh, jumping in on the conversation. He's Shan, one of my outstanding producers, along with uh, Cam Hughes this afternoon. Uh, appreciate all their hard work. We had some great guests today, Cam Judge from the Calgary Stampeders, Brad Katona, UFC fighter, part of nine Canadians on the UFC 297 card that takes place in Toronto. And, of course, we've been uh, hearing from the Calgary Flames on a game day, head coach Ryan Huska, Noah Hannafin and Connor Zary, all in hour one. If you missed any of it, check us out on the podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite pod catcher. We appreciate you being along for the ride. If you listen live 
or on the podcast. We got Real Kipper and Bourne coming your way this afternoon. Steinberg's got Flames Talk, and then our Flames coverage begins at 6 o'clock with Pat Steinberg, Derek Wills, and Megan Mickelson. Call the Flames and the Coyotes Tuesday night at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Enjoy the Flames and the Coyotes. We'll be back on Wednesday to break it all down for you right here on your home of the Flames. This is Sportsnet 960, The Fan.